Aerospace Unplugged. Hello, and welcome back to Aerospace Unplugged. This is the podcast where we give our listeners a behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. I'm your host, Carrie Sinclair, and today's episode is about what it's like to work in the aerospace industry. And our special guest today is my boss, the Vice President of Customer Marketing, Bill Kirkos. Bill, welcome to the studio. Thank you, Carrie, and I'm um, glad to be your boss. <laughs> <laughs> You're so lucky to have me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, for starters, let's just talk a little bit about what you do at Honeywell. We're all dying to know what you do day to day, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Um, so we, you know, we run marketing here at Honeywell Aerospace, and at the bottom line, really, is to try and, and and raise our stock price and shareholder value. And how we do that is in three ways. The first way is is sales generation, right? Working with the sales team and and, and marketing to market our products and ensure we can generate as much leads and revenue as we can. Second way is really around awareness and brand reputation. Um, what, is, what do people think about us and how do they become aware to buy from us? And then the third one is customer experience, really how, how easy is it and uh, how do people enjoy or not enjoy shopping with us in, in, in aerospace? Shopping. Um, you used to work in high tech, so now you're in aerospace. Um, I've been in aerospace my whole career, so tell us what the differences are and what the similarities are. Well, it's interesting because, you know, this buzzword of IoT or Internet, Internet of Things, you have kind of the high tech industry in Silicon Valley. Um, they're tech experts, Internet experts, right? And they're trying to get the things. And then you have great companies like Honeywell that have been around 100, 150 years that have a bunch of things. And so really the big difference is you have the rapid pace of, of internet and software on one hand, and then you have the other side of hardware, big iron, lots of machines, lots of hardware. Um, and you see that Honeywell now is increasingly getting into the digital and software space, and these internet companies are trying to get into kind of the, the hardware and, and things space. Okay. So what excites you the most about the future of aerospace industry in, in general? To me, uh, especially in the market, well, in really any industry, it's the uh, the rapid innovation that we're seeing. There was a an employee I worked with, Pat Gelsinger, he's now the CEO of VMware, and quite a few years ago he made this statement, which is really interesting to me, where he said the next 25 years of innovation will outdo the past 75 years. And my gosh, he was spot on. The whole advent of the, of the iPhone, of apps, navigation, mobile aware, you name that technology, the pace of innovation, AI, it's been remarkable. And kind of the neat thing about that is you can apply that to marketing. And oftentimes I tell people, you know, things that we were doing, and you could chime in on this, two, three, four years ago, we're only, we're only doing about half of those things, right? Because there's so many new things to go and explore and try and market to our customers. Um, I find that to be kind of the most exciting part of it. So what's your view of the marketing landscape? Well, again, I'll go back to the speed of innovation. Um, and and I, I kind of find that if you have people like, I don't know, if I asked you, you know, how many years of experience of marketing do you have? Normally, someone might say 5, 10, 15, 20 years of experience. I, I don't think that's true anymore. I really think um, no one really has more than three or four or five years of experience, right? Marketing is still about delivering a message for sure. But again, with this, all these new things coming on, the digital presence that people can leverage, um, it's kind of just a whole new world. And you don't really have people that have 20, 30 years of experience in this area. So I think that's kind of, a, kind of exciting. Um, and then I would also say the big change and that it's exciting too is back in the day you'd run an ad and kind of hope and pray that it influenced people, right, especially if it was a print ad in a newspaper or a magazine. And today um, you have 
analytics, right? If it's digital, you can measure it. And I find, especially in companies like Honeywell or the old days Intel, which is run by a bunch of engineers and manufacturing people, um, they pretty much have a lot more value in the return on marketing investment or the ROI when you can show black and white evidence of what you're doing, your metrics and your KPIs. I, I think that's really cool. And, and I, I think of an anecdote. There's a great video out there that kind of compares sales versus marketing and this kind of, you know, competition between the two, right? And the video humorously has a salesperson out golfing and a marketing person trying to decide what color to put on their advertisement. And that's all really kind of changed. I mean, certainly now, especially in kind of the digital area era, marketing is really kind of serving the salesperson and really trying to partner to generate those type of sales. And you see that kind of activity applying to Honeywell or aerospace in general? Um, well, you kind of see it all over, but I, I think the group um, has done a really good job of evolving and embracing that kind of approach um, throughout the throughout the, the group. I mean, I'd ask you, you, you have a big role in the department, right? You are our digital guru, right? Digital services and handle a lot of that kind of stuff. I, I would ask you, what do you think about that whole thing? Well, I just think it's a combination of um, the tools and technologies. I mean, if you think about Five years ago, there were probably, you know, a handful of tools available, and now there's thousands. And, and of course, every new tool has something new and exciting. And so now we're trying to cull back into the tools that are going to really define our experience for our customers online. But I think the exciting part is getting into the real um, user experience data and trying to figure out what's going to really move the customer to take the next step or to get the answer that they want without having to call you know, more fingertip type information. Yeah, it's interesting, and you could comment on this too, the aerospace industry is interesting because the people who are running it typically are former pilots or, or military folks, right? And if you're trained that way, what are you? Anti-risk, safe, don't go outside the box, check the box 15 times, chain a command. And so the transformation that we're talking about here in marketing is interesting because it's in, in light of that kind of management philosophy. And so how do you how do you convince executives that you want to choose some crazy ideas, test things, um, put things out that are maybe half-baked or half-thought, right, and then kind of iterate as you go along. It's kind of an interesting dynamic in the company. Yep. It's definitely you're part of your legacy, I think, because you're definitely a try-it, experiment, if you fail, fail fast kind of guy. Right. But then again, it, you can't do that if the plane's flying, right? So That's there's true. that. There's this that, is in marketing. Yeah. This is a marketing approach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who has had the biggest influence in your career? You know, I... I've been fortunate enough to work with some pretty famous CEOs. I mean, Dave Cody um, joined Honeywell, really went at its almost lowest point, right, in its history and really have turned around the company. I've been fortunate to work with Andy Grove um, and some of the, you know, Craig Barrett, some of the CEOs over at Intel. And there's an interesting dynamic in, in most of those leaders. And one of them really is, again, it goes back to what we were talking about, um, risk-taking. And there's a whole book that Andy Grove wrote about paranoia and only the paranoid survive. And I think that has a, an application to anybody, but specifically companies like Honeywell or Intel or others that have mass-produced products and have big market share in, in some of the markets that they serve. If you sit on your laurels, especially in the Internet era where things are changing by the day and the minute and the week, um, you're going to get surpassed or you're going to get old really fast. And so to always kind of be paranoid about what your competition's doing, are you doing the right things, are you measuring the right things, I think that's a really good um, really good piece of advice. The other one kind of was, you know, everyone says it, but my dad, um, I'll never forget when I came home, you know, he went over there for dinner one night and 
he asked, you know, I told him, I said, oh, I, I've, I've got a company named Intel ca- calling me. And, um, and he dropped his fork because at the time Intel stock was going through the roof. And he really encouraged me to take that risk and go interview with Intel, even though I didn't want to. And then circle back to that, the Honeywell job, he was, again, the one that was kind of pushing me to, um, to interview and take that risk. And, again, that goes back to the whole risk, risk taking and seeing what's going on. So let's talk about uh, leadership style and also advice to leaders. <laughs> um, I I really believe in uh, well I should have, this question should be asked <laughs> to you right not me um, I'm a big believer that if you're not doing something in your work that has gives you butterflies or nerves you're not pushing yourself enough and so I always kind of look for um, that type of, of of approach for somebody but I also kind of preach that you want to be nervous um, but you don't want to have anxiety. There's a fine line in that in that whole space. And so that's kind of the one thing uh, that, that comes to mind. The other one really is just kind of a human nature thing, and that's this whole thing about hope and fear, right? So as a leader, are you uh, someone who instills fear in, in, in employees to try and get results, or are you someone who instills hope? Um, I'm, I definitely lean more to the hope side because um, I think you get a better uh, better kind of long-term dynamic with the team. Um, but there's examples of people – Steve Jobs comes to mind and others that are very fear-based that got a lot of, you know, good results as well. So, you know, both approaches kind of work. I guess it depends on who your employees are. It does. And what they react to, right? Well, and you, sometimes you just kind of ask yourself, right, what, what do I personally like? How do I like to be managed? And, and a really good leader or manager kind of morphs to the employee's needs as opposed to saying it's my way or the highway. Right. So when you're looking to hire someone, what are you looking for? You have some unique questions, too, so we're definitely going to jump into those. <laughs> what do I look for when I hire? Um, again, I kind of feel like uh, it's a little bit unique, right? So first of all, there's the holy grail or the unicorn of hiring, which is do you find someone that has a in-depth aerospace experience, in-depth digital marketing experience, and can fit in the culture of a Fortune 100 company, which is um, a lot different than other companies, small-sized companies. Um, those are really rare to, rare to find. And so then you start asking yourself, well, do we need more kind of content aerospace experience or kind of innovative, an innovative experience in digital marketing? Um, and then the other part of it, too, to me is um, I really like to interview to get people to see how quickly they can think on their feet. Um, and there's some questions that you mentioned that we could probably go through if you want some of those. But really, are you agile? Can you describe things? I'm a big fan of someone who has journalism or communications background because major multi-million dollar deals are made on email and in conversation of writing versus actual meetings or speaking to someone. Um, journalists typically are trained to ask questions and be curious. I think curiosity is a great uh, behavior to have in a company or in, 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 your, in your career. So those are kind of the, the top things that we look for. Are you any of those things, Carrie? All of those things. All of those <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I think you're the, one of the more curious people in the, in the department in terms of engaging and seeing and exploring things. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I like to know a little bit about everything so I can be dangerous. Yep. That's, that's cool. what I say. Cool. Just teach me enough to be dangerous. Okay, so let's talk about some of those questions. And this is a great preview if someone's going to apply for a job <laughs> or role at Honeywell Aerospace and marketing. If anyone's listening this this far, right? Um, <laughs> I like to ask a question uh, th- about decision making, um, and I'll tell you why in a second. The question's pretty simple. You, The question I frame it as, you're going to want to answer both because it's based on the, the circumstance that you're in, but the question I ask is, do you think of yourself as a quick decision maker? And if so, you might make a mistake every once in a while because you're moving quickly. Or do you think of yourself as a more methodical or slower decision maker where you're getting your decisions right all the time, but you might miss some opportunities? So that's the question. 
and again, I, I kind of I preview it by saying there's really no wrong answer, but I, I do look for some certain uh, tells, if you will, when I ask that question. Do you want to answer that question? What would you both? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think if it's a low risk decision, you should answer quickly, move fast, act with urgency. But if it's a really, really big deal, then you might need to take some extra time. Clearly, the answer is both. Um, I find that in a job interview, though, most people will be safe and say, I'll be slow because I don't want to make a mistake. I actually kind of admire when people say, well, I'm going to be fast yeah. and I may make a mistake. Because again, in a job interview, you're you're going to be conservative, right? You don't want to say anything crazy in a job interview. So I, and not many people do, but I really admire those that say, um, I'll be fast and make, an, you know, make a mistake once in a while. I think the other question that you asked that uh, are not in my notes is typically around their first job. You have an interesting perspective on the first job. I do. <laughs> oh my gosh, your memory. Uh, <laughs> I like to ask questions that aren't on resumes just to see how, you know, again, looking for kind of that sponta- spontaneous interaction, if you will. But one of the questions I ask is, you know, what is your first job? And when I, when I say that again, it could have been when you were 10 and mowing lawns or babysitting or, or a lifeguard. And, and I, I have this belief, and it's somewhat backed by some, some science, um, that those folks that have a history of kind of blue-collar work, really rolling up the sleeves and doing kind of heavy, you know, physical work, um, typically will do better in a Fortune 100 um, environment than those that are kind of hands-off and, and don't have that type of experience. Because you can find your own way. Yeah, you're used to it, right? So what's your advice to someone who wants to get into the aerospace industry? Well, again, I'd go back kind of to that Internet of Things, right? So you have – if you have a perspective of knowing that everything's going to be connected someday, you know, an engine, right? We have our engines connected, our APUs connected. Um, And so if you have that perspective of, okay, if everything's going to be perspective, how do I add value to that job, whether it's an engineer, a marketer, a salesperson, a manufacturer, I think that's important. And then I would also um, make sure that you're comfortable in working with a Fortune five Fortune 500 type of company. I mean, there's a uh, an interesting culture at Honeywell. It's similar kind of to Intel, right? It's it's very smart people who want to act as quickly as possible and, and and do things you know as 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 great as possible and as quickly as possible. And so you kind of want to look at those attributes when you're speaking to someone and understand the big picture before you get into your expertise. Yeah, and I think, too, Honeywell Aerospace has its own personality, too. I mean, I work with a lot of the other businesses, and aerospace tends to be very um, proud of its heritage, I think. And so I think the other thing that uh, we look for more than most is, you know, people who are interested in aerospace or uh, in flying or who are pilots, you know. Just having a passion for the industry seems to be a common thread for me. Couldn't agree more. I mean, how cool is it to say you work on airplanes? I mean, Honeywell's portfolio, if you built a plane from scratch, I think we'd be able to provide about 80% of what's on an airplane. You know, cockpit, brakes, uh, connectivity, Wi-Fi, all the stuff that we do. And there definitely is this kind of um, sorority or fraternity of people that all really enjoy working in in aerospace. And I laugh because you know, in the old days, you'd say, oh, you know, you're a really rocket scientist. Well, here at Honeywell, we employ <laughs> a ton of those people. And if you think about the industry, it's at kind of this neat. So if you go back to kind of the 1960s, there's this crazy innovation. Everyone wanted to be in aerospace. We wanted to go to the moon. Supersonic flight was going to take off. And I haven't seen that kind of excitement uh, since then. But, you know, more recently now, you're talking about flying taxis, um, electric engines, uh, supersonic flight for even small airplanes, right? Re- revitalizing that. 
um, autonomous flying, autonomous driving. It's just a, a really interesting time to be in the aerospace business for sure. Okay. Well, I thank you for coming into the studio today. And we always wrap up with a uh, one common question. We always ask our guests, how do you unplug at the end of the day? Oh, I get the unplugged uh, analogy. That's a oh, really nice. good one. You, you finally got it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's funny that it, it's a serious unplugging because we have a lot of kids. And so... Um, you have a lot of kids. Yeah, quite, quite a few, <laughs> uh, a whole a whole bunch. Um, and so... You're almost forced into unplugging, right? You uh, you quickly go from worker to uh, to father to parent and to husband, um, which I really enjoy. And and that's kind of my last comment too. Is people always ask about work life balance? Well, I can sneak in work when I'm at home. I don't you know I don't find that distracting. And but then I'll also during work you know cut out a little bit early if I have a personal thing to go do. But um, the unplugging for me is plugging back into uh, raising a whole host of children and. And the, the, the fun and the uh, stress that that brings about. Good, good. Well, thank you again for coming in. Once again, my name is Carrie Sinclair, and thank you for listening to Aerospace Unplugged. If you're interested in pursuing a career at Honeywell, please visit careers.honeywell.com. And if you would like to know more about aerospace, you can visit us online at aerospace.honeywell.com. Safe travels. We'll see you next time.